You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Yes, we are off. We are running on this Saturday afternoon, March 26th. Hey, you. How you feeling? How you doing? How you living? It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Welcome in. It is that time again. So much to get into over these next, what, two plus hours? So much. Too much. I say it every week. And I tell you the number, of course you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. But most importantly, you can find me right here on your radio until 6 o'clock tonight, at which time Anita Marks will come your way. And I got to tell you right now, we got basically two hours to play with. I went out today for a little walk, and I came up with such a brilliant idea for a new Saturday segment. I I will tease it now only because I will need your help. Not even I can be everywhere all at once, but this new set, this idea, if we can pull it off, is just absolutely phenomenal. So I'll save that for hour number two. But usually, if you listen on Saturdays, you know this show is generally a way that I like to kind of recap the week that was, Look ahead to the week to come. And if you remember last week on the show, we were talking, the hot topic last week was the Deshaun Watson trade. It just come down. He's headed to the Cleveland Browns. This, this endless story that had been going on for over a year. And my takeaway was then, and still is, that the NFL is absolutely bottomless. There are no levels that they will not stoop to. Forget about stooping, lying on the ground, digging with their hands in the dirt. If they feel it's in their best interest, they are shameless. There's not even a hint of shame. The fact that not just the Browns trading for Watson, the amount of teams lining up to try to get him. And not just, hey, let's do our due diligence about a top five quarterback. Groveling groveling, doing whatever, a fully guaranteed contract for a a player that is almost certainly going to face some sort of disciplinary action given the the accusations that have been made against him. But that was last week. The NFL was then, and still is, bottomless. And when I wrapped up the segment last week, I said it's not the first example, clearly, right? Like, I shouldn't be surprised. Nobody should be surprised because it's not the first example. And it's not certainly going to be the last example. But at the time, I said, It's the best example. It's the best example right now that you can come up with. And I thought that was a brilliant point by me. But then came the press conference to introduce Deshaun Watson yesterday. And you knew right away, if you watched any of that press conference, how the GM, the coach, and the quarterback all came into the room. You you knew it was not going to be the jovial, hey, we just pulled up, what a wacky NFL offseason this has been kind of press conference, right? And I'll be honest with you, last week didn't really focus much on Watson because his story is not what, I, what interested me the most. And I will be fair to him in that um, he has been consistent, right? That he did nothing wrong, and he, he maintained that yesterday. And he has not settled the case, and he says he will not settle the cases. So if that's true, that story is not done yet. Now, I'll be honest, the whole affair... It seems very hard for it to pass the smell test, right? 22 women, all the details that we know, reaching out on social media, random strangers, not team employees, 
not someone he knows, not somebody he's worked with in the past. All of it does not pass the smell test. But to me, that's, that part of it is for another day. I'm just focusing on, I always say, I got a 48-hour window that I can pay attention, right? Like I, the last 24 hours, the next 24 hours. So that's for another time to focus in on that. But what happened yesterday between the GM, the coach, and the, and the owner who was not there, Jimmy Haslam, but put out a, a statement, that press conference, I think I am going to have to go on the injured list from rolling my eyes too hard. I think I, I, dam- I don't know parts of my eye outside of the iris. I think my iris is strained. I think I strained my iris from rolling my eyes between the things that were said during that press conference. And it, um, it was like they wanted to build a house of cards to prove to you, no, look, this is, it, it might be controversial, but what we're doing is above, above board, that they got a good feel during the process of who Deshaun Watson was. And they had their opening statements, all three of them, and then they turned it over to the questions. And as soon as they turned it over to the questions, that house of cards came tumbling down. One of the first questions, and the GM, Andrew Berry, did uh, address it in his, in his opening statement about not reaching out to the 22 women directly. Our attorney told us not to contact them directly because that would be, you know, because there's a legal proceedings going on, that would not be appropriate. So somebody asked the questions, well, did your investigators reach out? No, no, we got a comprehensive account of everything that went on. Okay, but did your investigators reach out to the women involved? No, they did not. No, they did not. So just the things that were said during that press conference, it just shows you that the overall theme was pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Just pay attention to what I'm showing you here. Don't actually like think about what we're actually saying or, or give it any real, um, put it through any thought process at all. And, and it really kind of goes back to, I guess, the owner as well, Jimmy Haslam. Again, the, the, the way they presented it was, well, yes, we had reservations about this. But over the time of doing our our research and investigating it on our own to get a real handle of what went on, we got to know the real Deshaun over these five months. So you're thinking to yourself, well, if that's the case, what what was said that, that made you or, you know, what was the evidence that you heard that made you feel like, hey, you know what? I have a whole different take on this. I mean, you you just gave him the most guaranteed money in the history of the sport. You made a colossal trade to bring in, you know, arguably a top five quarterback. And one of the things that Jimmy Haslam went back to was that he gave his two daughters and his wife the right to veto the trade. Okay. Well, as I've told you, I've been showing my, my... son a lot of classic movies that you know he's getting to an age now where he can start to you know it's not all rated g or you know a little bit more adult fare so recently i showed him um, a few good men right daniel caffey tom cruise and a few good men and i kind of felt like listening to that statement about well i gave my my wife the the right my two daughters the right to veto the trade i felt kind of like daniel caffey in a, a few good men if Santiago was ordered not to be touched, why was he being transferred off the base? If you got to know the real Deshaun Watson, 
if you believe him to be innocent of what he's being accused of, and I'm assuming you do because you just made the trade and you're saying you did all this due diligence and you did all this research and you investigated to this degree and you gave him the most guaranteed money in the history of the sport, why would you have to give your wife and daughter the, the right to veto the trade? If you believe him to be a person that could never have done this, why would you make his salary $1 million for this season when he might be facing a suspension? Why would you do that? Well, I'm assuming you did that because you know he's going to be suspended. And when you get suspended, you lose game checks. So if his, if his game checks, you know, 17 divided by a million, whatever that is, he won't lose nearly as much money. So for Jimmy Haslam to throw his daughters out there and his wife out there, almost like human shields. Well, no, 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 it's not me. I gave them the right to say whatever they wanted. That should alleviate everybody's, everybody's feelings about this. It kind of goes back to the point I made last week. It's not the first example. It's not the last example. It's just the best example, I guess, until we get together next week. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Talking about the, uh, the Browns press conference yesterday and just, uh, I mean, it's just the latest example. You know what the problem I have with it is? There's nothing really that can be said in that situation. Until, the, until those 22 cases, and again, the 22K, like you, he, you see the number 22, and sometimes in my mind, like I think, oh, well, that's 22 charges, or like you kind of, those are 22 separate people. It's not 22 like counts. It's 22 separate people. It, again, it's kind of hard to pass the smell test when it's 22 separate people. So I get that there's really nothing in that environment that can be said really to make you feel better or make you feel like, mm, may, maybe there's a way through this that it could pass the smell test. But they, have to, they feel like they have to have the press conference, I guess, to put something in. But I just know in the back, in their minds, it's, this guy's a great quarterback, and we're just going to take whatever hits we have to take because he can win us a Super Bowl. That's what it is. That's what it comes down to. And I'd almost feel better if they, I, they can't come out and say that because that's, <laughs> that's certainly not going to make anybody feel any better. But if we could all just take truth serum at a time, if we could all have that, that, that card where we get to say, you know what, I'm going to play this card. And I get to, to say the absolute truth in this moment, and nobody can be mad at us. They would play that card and say, this guy's a great quarterback, and, and, and everything else be damned because he's going to win us football games. They would absolutely play that card at that moment. Absolutely. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Let's get some calls in, shall we? Let's go out to uh, Artie is in Brooklyn. Artie, what's going on, my man? So, you know, I, it was between the Jets and your Dolphins to get yes. Hill. Yes. And I'm sitting there and I'm where, where, And Artie, before you go on, where did he board. end up? Where did he go? Where did he go? He went to your team. Yeah, he did. Yes. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry, Artie. Did go you, ahead. Did you get my text that said, please, I hope he goes to your team. Congratulations that you got him. And then one day later, I'm saying, wait a minute. You didn't want to come here? Right. So I don't know. I'm going back. I guess when he scored touchdowns against us this year, I'll be sitting there. But it rightfully, I don't know how you feel about it, but I think it was best that they did. Because if you get a wide receiver at number one, and say it's like the kid um, Chase.
team, you know, that, that same thing that he was playing when he already got the championship, and the quarterback's not Mahomes, and he's playing with two guys, he's going to do what, uh, like, Beckham did, demand the ball when he, when he doesn't get it and they lose games. What do you think? Uh, well, look, uh, Artie, uh, thanks for the call. I didn't know Artie had my phone number that he's texting me. I think he means tweeting me. Uh, I don't think that Artie was texting me. And if he did text me, I did not get that text. Uh, I can tell you that right now. I'm not, uh, I'm not all up to date on all the different phone technology, but that one, I don't think I got, I, I think I know how to text operate. I'm pretty sure. Um, I, I got to laugh at Jet fans. Jet fans, they, they're unbelievable. The same fan base that any time their team makes a move, any move, wow, what a great move. Oh, my gosh, what a great job by Joe. Joe Douglas is just killing it. And they're telling me they don't want, oh, you know what? I really wouldn't want the, the most explosive wide receiver in the NFL. Ah, guy, I don't know. I don't know. I'm so sure about that guy. Let's, let's roll the dice on the draft again. Okay. All right. All right. Whatever. Whatever you say. Whatever you say. I thought that Artie was going to go the way of, you know, uh, you're rooting for Tyreek Hill, who is uh, a pretty clearly not the, the greatest guy in the world either with some of the stuff that's gone on with him. Um, and then you're, you're talking about Watson. True. I, I, again, I did not separate the Browns from the equation. I, I said the NFL is bottomless. The NFL is bottomless. Uh, that includes the that includes all of them. They will they will do whatever. There's no level that they can't get to, and and it really a lot of times is just a race to the bottom. It absolutely is a race to the bottom. And look, who who's to who's really at the end of the day who's to blame for all this? We are because when the games start and the Browns win games, the Browns are going to the playoffs, the Browns are going to the Super Bowl. Uh, I, I'm sure a majority of 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 fans will kind of forget about. It. I'll be honest with you. Like, because my team was out there in front on the Watson stuff, and are they going to get him? I would kind of, even if he were winning games, there would be a part of me that would would feel like, hey, man, this, you know, my this team that I've been watching for forty years, and have got nothing but misery and anger and frustration from, they're finally going someplace. But I'll be honest with you, even as they were winning those games, I know in the back of my mind, I'd be like, man, this is what I got to do to. This is like when I started rooting for the team in 1981. This is this is the the way that we're going to get to the promised land. It just uh, it's a little it's a little seedy. I, I got to be honest. Uh, Eddie is in Brooklyn. Eddie, you're next up on ESPN New York. Hey, Gwen, how you doing, man? What's going on? I want to say doing? something to you. you. Everything was good with Deshaun Watson until he wanted out of um, Texas, right? And then once he wanted out of Texas. Isn't it kind of funny that's when all this stuff came out with these 22 women? I'm not saying it's not true or not, but I'm just saying I think the Houston Texans, they knew some stuff that was going on. But as long as he was day man, it's like they were looking the other way, and it's more to it than we are being told. And, uh, um, well, Eddie, uh, one, is one, it one possible that the organization knew more than they were letting on? Yes, but I don't think that this is something that was orchestrated by the team or that the team allowed this stuff to get out there once he's – the, the, the Texans can't run their football operations. I don't think that they can run a conspiracy. I don't, I, I don't, I'm not sure. You know, conspiracies are very difficult to pull off. I, the, 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 uh, they can't even run the football operations part of it right. I don't know, man. Something is really fishy about all this stuff. Oh, hello? Yeah, go ahead, Eddie. One more thing I want to say to you. You know, like, let's, let me say something to you. You see, like a guy like Will Chamberlain. Remember how many guys Will say he slept with? Yes. Imagine with Will. Imagine if Will was playing in today's society's league. 
he would have had so many charges because athletes, some of these guys, they, they not, they, they, we just see them as football or whatever type of sport player. We think they're good people, but some of them got bad personality, you know what I'm saying, when it comes to dealing with people. And, you know, it's like you can't never put nothing past an athlete. Well, I, I, Eddie, I would not even limit, and thanks for the phone call, I wouldn't even limit it to athletes. I would limit it to people, right? I mean, there's there's plenty of people out there who seem one way and they're, and they're not, right, behind uh, behind the scenes or away from the public eye or whatever. Uh, you know, they're, they're, there's people in your life that you might come across, you say, oh, that guy's a good guy, and then you find out something later on, you know, oh, geez, not so much, not so much. Jack is in Rockaway. Jack, you're next up on ESPN New York. How you doing? Uh, I'd like to weigh in on the uh, Watson and even the Trevor Bauer to some degree. We have a society where there's a, there's a saying when I was younger, you can indict a hamburger. The, 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 the threshold to indict somebody is so low. None of these people have been indicted. None of them. This wasn't a, 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 a mass exodus of people running to the precincts. When it came out with Watson, it became a civil matter, and then other people joined in. Do I believe something happened consensual? Yeah, uh, like most of these places throughout the country – massage places a lot of either happy endings or a lot of worse goes on in these places and it's consensual and a man who's making 40 million dollars a year who's a top athlete uh, is not trying to lurk in massage places to rape women Uh, he wasn't indicted he wasn't indicted by two juries he wasn't charged by the police neither was bauer 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 was bauer was even in a family order where the threshold is not innocent until proven guilty it's it's preponderance of the evidence that's a, that's that's like more likely than not it might have happened, and that, he wasn't even indicted in, in Bauer and family court. So we have to get people. We should be proud that we're Americans and, and the system we live in, and uh, it, it's just being pushed further and further away uh, throughout the years. And uh, I, I can't see how we, we're ready to, uh, uh, you know, say he did this and he did this. Where's the proof? Where's the evidence? Where's the when when, when police investigate charges like this? When someone's allegedly raped, they, they go back and they, they, they say, give me, show me text messages to your friends or some or police reports or hospital reports that these things happen. Twenty two women and you can't you can't get one indictment. So, no, I don't think anything unconsensual happened in those things. And, and I, I believe, you know, I'm proud we're an American. I'm an American and we that we we don't live in societies that uh, that, that have these uh, systems with. <laughs> and we, we should we should remember that. Thank you. All right. All right, Jack. Um, well, look, that's that's your right. You you can look at it, and you can look at it one way, and I can look at it and, and see something else. I'm just telling you honestly. If you if you come to me with 22 separate cases, right? 22, and not cases. I shouldn't say that. People. 22 separate people. Uh, and it, it seems that that. And if you look at what the allegations are, I'm not going to go on to go go into them on the air because they're you know not for for family audience, but. Go take a look. It's not. It's not like oh well. There could have been some. It could have been some misunderstanding. No, no, that, that was not the case at all. And uh, just go through the things that I've already mentioned. You know the fact. This is not somebody that was related on. You know, employee of the team. It was random people that was. Why? Why would you be going on Instagram to find random people? An athlete, a professional athlete. His body is his business. It just to me does not pass the smell test. If it does to you, that's fine. And you're right. He got cleared by two grand juries, was not indicted. But again, I, I just can't get through 22 separate people. That, to me, will, would not, um, it would be very, very difficult for someone to talk their way out of that.
And it's clear from the Cleveland Browns part of it, and that's really where I wanted to focus it. It doesn't really feel like they needed to be talked out of it. It feels like they were, uh, no, 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 no explanation needed. We're good. Can you, can you still run? Can you still throw? We're good to go. Let's, let's get a deal done. How much money you want? No problem. How many draft picks? That's cool. And now they're tr- they, they, they try to make it like, no, no, we, we learn more about them as a person. Stop it. That, I, I'm sorry, again, does not pass the smell test. I was born, you know, I was born at night. It wasn't last night. It wasn't last night. Buddha's in the Bronx. Buddha, you're next up on ESPN New York. There you go, stirring up stuff again. Me? I'm, you know me, Buddha. I am someone who brings people together. Mm-hmm. Brings them together for what, though? <laughs> <laughs> for joy or conflict. You know, listen, I, I, and you know me. I ain't never been on this airwaves ever saying that Joe Douglas is killing it. If I say he's killing something, it wasn't it. But I, you know, I'll leave that alone. I called Chris Carlin, and he was on with um, Courtney Cronin before the trade went through. And I was like, ah, I'm 50-50 on it. I can see the pluses of having him. But I can also see him acting like a damn fool when Zach Wilson is skipping, you know, screen passes and throwing passes off his head. So I really, you know, I wasn't that moved one way or the other, except for the fact that I was glad that Joe Douglas actually realizes that he needs to upgrade the skill position. But you can't say to the Jets fans, you know, oh, and I, I mean, I know the ones you talk about, but not everybody feels that way. Oh, they didn't want this guy and this, that, and the third. Afterwards, and then you talking about, you know, if, if you were a Browns fan, you would be feeling some kind of way. If what, like, I mean, you know, there's both sides of that, and I'm sure there are some fans who really feel like, you know, the Hill thing wasn't worth it. You know, you know, pretty much, you got to admit to that. Now, every fan is, is what you call them, a, a phony. Well, I just feel like, Buddha, and thanks for the phone call, that this is the greatest example, though, of that Jet fans are completely full of it. Uh, because I, I heard them, uh, I, and, and Buddha's absolutely right. He never comes on and, and says Joe Douglas is killing it. He's a fair judge, and I think he's a fair fan, and he looks at the facts, and he, he, and he bases his opinion off of that. You'd have to admit, though, that that's not a lot of the fan base. And the amount of people I heard on all the different shows, I, after the fact, the fact that it came down so quickly, and there was nothing really the Jets could have done about this, right? The, the, the Chiefs left it up to Tyreek Hill to make his decision. It feels very much like mental gymnastics to come up to the conclusion that you've already come up, you have been forced to accept, Right, you, you're forced to accept it because the trade came down so quickly. It was the same. It was basically what twelve o'clock that the that Schefter came out with the report, and then by it felt like like fifteen minutes later, boom, he's going to Miami. So it feels like Jet fans want, they didn't have time to process it, and all of a sudden, oh yeah, that guy, yeah, I didn't really want him anyway. Didn't want him anyway. It does. It doesn't make. It doesn't make any sense. The same fan base that is that it's it's clamoring about was the CJ Ozuma Ozama whatever his name Noxima whoever his name is the big jar of Noxima whatever every play CJ mostly we got CJ Moore boom 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 and that's a fan base I that's fair that's completely fair to be excited when your team makes big moves but then when they don't get the guy that they they wanted to get they wanted to get you can't go around and say well I didn't want him. It sounds it sounds ridiculous. It's preposterous. 
you, know, you didn't want the number one or number two receiver in the entire sport? Doesn't make any sense. Mike is in Jersey. Mike, you're next up on ESPN New York. Hey, how you doing? Hey, Mike. Um, sorry, my son's in the back. My That's fine. In the back, just let quiet down. Um, I just want to respond to that uh, jerk who called a couple minutes ago about you can indict a hamburger. Two things. Right. One, they're not just going to indict a celebrity unless they had, have hard evidence, and it's not just he said, she said. So that, that was a moronic statement by him. Secondly, you know, just because he has 40, or he has $40 million, what, he's at, what does he have to do that for? You don't think these women that he searched out for yeah. on the Internet brought to his house. He's right. He makes $40 million. He's the starting quarterback for the Houston Texans. You don't think he intimidates them? You don't think he makes them feel uncomfortable? Well, so even more so than that, Mike, the, the Houston Texans, I'm sure, employ masseuses. Or masse- is it masseuses? No, Whatever but, it is. For this, guy, for this guy to act as if nothing happened, like you said, it's 20 women, 22 women. 22 Maybe some of them are out for money, but some, at least a few aren't. And for right. that guy to act like that, he's probably a pervert just like the Sean <laughs> let Mike, that's not, all right, Mike, I appreciate, I appreciate the phone call. I appreciate the phone call, Mike. Let's not go down the pervert road. You know, your kid's in the car. Let's not, let's not start bantering about perverts. 1-800-919-ESPN. Um, yeah, no, I, I, look, I agree with you. Uh, and it's 22 people that have come forward. There's a very good possibility that there are people that don't feel comfortable coming forward. So it's not one or two. It's not five. It's not ten. It's 22. That's... That's uh, that's a uh, look. I, I'm an open-minded guy, and I am someone. If you listen to me at, at any regularity, you know I always like to try to find the, the the opposite side of things. I like to hear what the I'm a I'm a contrarian by nature. I don't go into it to be a contrarian. That's just who I am as a person. I gotta be I gotta be honest. It's kind of hard for me to 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 see what the facts are that that just the public knows at this point. Twenty two separate people making these kind of accusations, and you can look at what the accusations are. Uh, it's kind of hard for me to say, well, it was just a, a misunderstanding. It was just, you know, two sides of the same coin. It's very hard for me to come to that conclusion. This hoop song is brought to you by Corona. Live in the moment. Live La Vida Masfina with an ice cold Corona for 21 plus. Relax responsibly. Corona extra beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. And obviously you have the two games tonight. NCAA tournament rolls on. You get uh, Villanova at Houston. Spot in the final four up for grabs there. Let's go Wildcats. My FanDuel account is whispering in my Let's go Villanova. We need it. We need to be saved here. Uh, and then you get Duke and Arkansas. So two good games there. Two spots in the final four up for grabs. And, um, and then you get two more games tomorrow for two more spots. And then from 68 down to the final four already. So uh, we'll focus in on that a little bit because a lot has been said about St. Peter's and you'd have to say it's not really a rational argument at this point for how they're not the greatest Cinderella in the history of the tournament, reaching where, where no 15 seed has ever reached before. It's one thing to be a, a high seed and to knock off a, a top seed, but n- n- where they've gone to now, they're one game away from going to the final four as a 15 seed. And it's not like everything has broken right. They have knocked off the two and three seeds in their region. So who's to say that they can't, can't keep on winning? And next up for them is North Carolina. So uh, we'll get a little bit more into that in a little bit. But we've been talking about uh, Deshaun Watson and the, the press conference yesterday. That was not 
well, that did kind of make me a little queasy, but there was something that happened on this station this week that I, the more I think about it, it made me kind of upset at the time I heard it first, and then the, I, I've been thinking about it over and over again since, since that day. So the Yankees have been a major focus, right, since the lockout ended, since last season, when the manager of the team, who, again, his, his M.O., endlessly optimistic, endlessly positive, Aaron Boone came out and said after the season ended last year in the wild card game, the other teams, well, maybe it wasn't that night, maybe it was the, the, the wrap-up to this, whatever. It was, he came out and said, the other teams in the American League have closed the gap. Now, that is the overly optimistic take on what, where the Yankees are and what has happened to them. It's not that the other teams have closed the gap, it's that they have seen the Yankees and gone right by them, much like a hitchhiker standing on the side of the road, just me, 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 me. That's the A. The Yankees are standing on the side of the road. The Astros have gone by. The Red Sox have gone by. All these teams have gone by them. So the, the expectation going into the offseason was, okay, you don't like where the Yankees are at. It's a disappointing season, but there are big names out there, and they are the New York Yankees. They have a clear, gaping hole at shortstop. You know Glaber Torres can't go back to shortstop, right? You have to find somebody, and look at that. This is the offseason to solve that issue. You can, there's more than enough shortstops available. But then, of course, the Corey Seegers of the world go off the board. Marcus Simeon go off the board. These crazy contracts. So the Yankees didn't make any moves really before the lockout. But to kind of look at it fairly, well, the lockout was going to establish what the rules of the sport were. So you have to know the rules before you want to make the moves. And I'll be honest, the contracts, most of them, I don't remember all of them, but most of them before the lockout, they were preposterous in terms of the length of the contract, the money spent, all these type of things. So you could maybe defend the Yankees in that way. But then once the lockout was over, the expectation, well, all right, you know, rub your hands. Here come the moves. And uh, it never really came. Never really came. No Matt Olson, no Freddie Freeman, no Carlos Correa. You did get the trade with the Twins which felt like it really raised more questions than answers. And he figured, all right, well, that's, that's one piece, but there's going to be other, other sizable pieces along the way, and, and there, there have not been. So it doesn't seem like at this point there are going to be any. But then this week, Michael Kay said something that made me physically ill as a Yankee fan. It was this. I'm going to tell you this, everybody, and I don't think this is what people want to hear. The Yankees didn't get beaten out on any of these guys. And I wonder if you agree with me, Don. They didn't want them. For those that don't know, there's a rule in the basic agreement in baseball. No team could say, we are not interested in that player. It's against the basic agreement. Because if the Yankees say, we're out, we don't want Correa, that affects Correa's market. So that has been written into the basic agreement. So the Yankees have to sit back when they are rumored to be in on this guy. And they can't say, no, we're not. They can't say, no, we're not. I don't think they were in on any of them. No. They love the shortstops they have in their system, and they feel that Kiner Falefa is going to be just fine at shortstop, really good defensively. He'll pick up base hits. He can run. He's got stolen bases, whatever the case may be. I don't think that they were oh. in on Correa. They weren't in on Story. They were never in on Seager. None of them. They were never in on any of them. So they were not in on the best free agents. It's not that they lost out. They didn't have any interest. I would rather you tell me you, you lost out. Wouldn't you rather have them tell you, you know what, we, we did everything we could. Those guys just did not want to. There was nothing we could. We offered them this. We offered them that. 
and there was nothing that we could do. I would rather that you lost out rather than you didn't even try. That doesn't make me feel any better. No, no, it's not that we, we failed the test because we didn't know the material. We just didn't try to pass it. What? How would that make me feel better? <laughs> Lie to me. I would rather, you know, people always say honesty is the best policy. It's not. I would rather you lie to my face. Please lie to my face. Because what you're saying is, well, no, no, we know best. Do you? Do you know best? Do you really? I mean, you take a look at the moves that they've made here the last few years. Can you really make the argument that they know best? Here's the bottom line. This is what it really comes down to, and there's no other way. This is not that the Yankees ran the numbers and their analytics department found a better way to do things that the Kiner Falefa is now. He, we have discovered something in his swing that if he makes this little alteration, he's going to be a different. That's not it. It's not that their scouts have found uh, you know, hidden characteristics in some other players or anything like that. It's not that they don't want the players that were available. I don't believe that to be the case either. In a, in a perfect world, they, if they had two buttons in front of them, either yes or no on play, I think that they would like. They're talented players. There's nothing that you can tell. You can't say no on all these guys, right? The bottom line is the Yankees did not want to spend any more, more money. That's it. And they're spending a lot of money. I get that. They're spending whatever it is, $250 million somewhere in, in that ballpark, and that should be more than enough money to put a championship-level team on the field. But they saw the price tag, determined it was too much, and they said, that's it, we're out. Of course, you have two, here's the deal, though. You have two ways you can go. You can either say, well, we have $250 million already sunk in this, and that should be enough to win. Or on the other side, you can say, well, we spent $250 million in this, and, and it's not enough, and we want to win. So the next time they tell you it's all about winning, or it's World Series or bust, or any year the Yankees don't win, it's a major, it's a, it's a failure. Well, you can't really say that if that's not the approach that you're taking before the season even begins. The Yankees entered this season, I think, with the lowest expectations they've had in probably a decade. Clearly in any year since, what, 2017 when they missed the playoffs the year before? Now in 2017, they got to the ALCS, so expectations don't mean everything. But go ahead. Go find me somebody somewhere that actually thinks the Yankees are going to compete for a World Series as they are currently constituted. Show me that person, because I don't know him. I know plenty of, of, of Yankee fans, and I, I don't know any of that said, you know what, we're the team to beat in the American League this year. No, I, I don't think that there's one single person that, know, that, that would say that. Not one single person. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Let's go back to the phone, shall we? Anthony is in Harlem. Anthony, you're next up on ESPN New York. Hey, Gordon. Thank you for taking my call. Got, I want Anthony? to commend you for, for speaking the truth and talking about this Sean Watson situation because a lot of people in sports media are steering clear of it. Um, the, the fact of the matter with this is, let's be real, okay? Forget, forget the women that were in, wanted a civil suit. Nine women, okay, wanted to go all the way with this and go to court. Now, if you know anything about sexual assault, it is an extremely difficult crime to prove in a court of law. So that guy that said indicting a ham sandwich doesn't know what he's talking about. With the lack of physical evidence, it's basically he said, she said. Okay? So nine women wanted to go all the way with this guy. Now, I know there's a lot of people in sports and in the NFL that have done a lot of bad things. But this guy, I'm sorry. You know, if you can't prove in a court of law, it doesn't mean that something inappropriate did not happen. 
and sex crimes go extremely underreported. Okay, 22 women alleged that something off color happened during massages. I'm sorry, that's a sexual predator. That's not a misunderstanding. This guy is despicable. And the fact that the NFL, okay, and forget the Browns, multiple teams were falling all over themselves. Anthony, there was nothing they would not do to get this guy. That, I I mean, it's like you said, it's gotten, they never surprised me, the NFL. And they'll wear pink in October and criticize law enforcement. It is a joke. They are the biggest hypocrites in all of, in all of, I'd say, in probably the world. Thanks, Gordon. All right, Anthony. Uh, look, I mean, unfortunately, the more power you have, the more uh, it seems like these things. Like, you know, uh, if you're bored one time, do a little uh, Google search on uh, on FIFA. <laughs> do a do a little search on that on FIFA, or uh, do a little uh, search on uh, the uh, Olympics, the IOC. Yeah, go 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 down that road. There's plenty of awful things, you know. And that's the thing. Like Anthony was saying, you know, there's, there's bad guys in the sport. Yes. And those are always things that you have to kind of weigh if you're a fan of a team. I think what's different about this one is this is not over, right? Like if this were over and he had served his time or he was going to serve his time in terms of the NFL or or, or whatnot, um, that would be one thing. They're still in the middle of this. This is nothing has changed. Nothing has as the only thing that's changed is there will not be criminal charges. Okay. There was a time where it didn't seem like criminal charges were really a possibility. And then all of a sudden, oh, look at that. You know, this started, the, 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 the complaints and the accusations started way before that there was even talk of criminal charges. So um, it's just a very puzzling thing that, well, it's not really puzzling. I shouldn't say that because, again, my original point was the NFL is bottomless. So it's not, it's not puzzling, but it's different. It's unique in that. You know, with all the other cases that we've talked about, this guy getting into trouble, that guy getting into trouble, usually it's the type of thing where, okay, the athlete gets into trouble, um, there's some sort of resolution, and then maybe he goes someplace else, maybe he gets suspended, it it, it branches off of that. This one, nothing has really happened yet. He wasn't suspended last year. He was just, he didn't want to play for the Texans, and they were paying him. So, um it's a little bit of a different situation there. That, I, that's one that I don't really remember something similar. There's been, again, tons of these kind of, not this one specifically, but there's these type of things pop up all the time. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Let's squeeze in one more here. Uh, Vin is in Staten Island. Vin, you're next up on ESPN New York. Hey, Gordon. How you doing? How's everything? I'm good, Vin. What's up, man? All right, so I just want a little clarification with the whole Deshaun Watson thing. I'm just confused because, like, look, like, if he's found not guilty, right, according yeah. to these – if there's no criminal charges, I'm sorry. Right. Then why should the NFL suspend him? I'm not saying, like, he's the – you know, he's a wrong – like, he's bad or anything like that or he's good. But, like, I just – I'm confused by the fact that if there's no criminal charges, why would the NFL – well, there's still there's still civil cases, right? There's still there's still 22 accusations that oh, are going to be heard in a civil case. So if he gets found, I think it's liable there. Um, you know, if he doesn't uh-huh. settle those cases, or if he did, even if he does settle them, I mean, if he's settling them, then he is admitting to to some kind of um, culpability, uh, some sort of responsibility. Now he says he's not going to he's not going to um, he's not going to settle these cases. We shall see. People say that right up until the moment that they settle them. So. Um, but no, I mean, I, right, I think it's right. going to be a personal conduct kind of thing where it, it, the NFL will, um, 
um, you know, use that uh, the shield of it's under your personal conduct po- under the league's personal conduct policy. And just to just to be clear, the NFL they're making it up as they go along as well. I mean, let's not let's not make it out like the NFL. Oh, we're doing our investigation and we're doing it. And we're doing that. No, they make these things up. They make them up based on what the reaction is in the public. Ever since ever since the Ray Rice stuff, they make it up on the fly. I'm convinced of that. Okay. Yeah, I figured that. Thank you. Yeah, I was just a little confused. Thank you for the clarification. All right, yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's personal conduct, even though it's off the field, even though he's not been and he hasn't been suspended yet. Uh, and, and look, if he were to be cleared, I don't know what the right word would be. It's li- if you're found like guilty, if they find you liable in a civil case, I don't know if it's if it's not liable. I'm not sure, but if he if he were to be cleared somehow, if he were to walk away from this, and it was all all fabricated, all made up. He wouldn't be suspended at all. Clearly, I mean, there's no reason why he should be if it's if it's proven to be not true, right? One eight hundred nine one nine ESPN, of course, is the telephone number. You can find me on Twitter, on Instagram at Gordon Damer. We'll get back to the uh, phones here in, uh, in just a second. But uh, I did want to touch on the Knicks. You know me. Every show that I do, I, I like to hurt. I like to hit on certain. Um, certain areas that just the, the, the fan base out there is, is this is what they're focusing on when the show's not going on, right? Like the Knicks are a part of your life, and, and they have been for me this year, but I have to be honest with you, be it the tournament going on, be it some of the other things that are going on, they've kind of gone not even off on the, on the back burner. They're like in the back cabinet. You know that cabinet that like the, the Tupperware is in? That cabinet. That's where the Knicks are stored right now. That cabinet, it's just a mess. There's no way to properly organize. Every time you open the cabinet, there's stuff falling out. That's Bing the, bong! Yes, that's the cabinet the Knicks are in. Um, and there was a very interesting article this week, I thought, on Fox Sports by, um, I have the, uh, the author's name here someplace. Hold on, let me find it. Yaron Weitzman, I believe is how you say it. And he was talking about the things that the Knicks need to do, the things that the Knicks need to fix this offseason. And he had, I think he had five of them. Um, the, there's one thing. Before any of the other things that the Knicks do this offseason, there's one thing that they have to do, and it's the easiest one to do. So that's why I think it's number one. So the Knicks go out and beat the Heat last night, right? Against all odds. They, they're beating the they, – they, they're all of a sudden winning when they're not supposed to be winning. They lost earlier in the year when they could have won. And that's – at this point, the Knicks will do anything. To keep you guessing when when you feel good about them they'll do something to make you feel bad when you feel bad they'll do something to make you feel good when you have no hope they'll they'll give you they'll give you that little taste of hope and then when maybe you get filled with hope they'll take that hope and flush it directly down the toilet now be clear this season is over it's over they're not making the play in you don't want them in the play in But when it comes to improving things, that should be the only focus of the team right now. How do you improve things for next year? So when you bring up to Nick fans, what would, if there was one thing you could do, the number one thing that you could, I give you a magic wand that sounds just like that. Play it again. There you go. I give you a magic wand. You can instantly transform anything you want within reason. Let's not get carried away. Even the genies have have a certain area that they can work. And I think a lot of people would focus it on Randall or we got to get a point guard or maybe focus it on the draft or focus it on free agency. 
And it's really none of those things. Like the, all those things are true. Yes, I would love to be able to fix all those things. But those things are more difficult to fix than this. The one thing the Knicks have to get on, get, get done, and I thought Yaron Weitzman brought this up very well, they have to get on the same page. Like, what is the plan for this team? And I think that that's one real area where this year went sideways. Leon Rose, Tom Thibodeau, and the front office. What is the plan? Where are we at? And what is your path forward? This is from the, uh, the article that, that uh, Yaron Weitzman wrote for Fox Sports. Leon Rose had eight months to decide how he wanted to attack his first full season at the helm of the New York Knicks. Yet as the 2020 draft was approaching, his head coach and chief strategist, both of whom Rose hired himself, were clashing over big-picture decisions. Brock Aller and Tom Thibodeau. Aller wanted the Knicks to rebuild. Thibodeau, meanwhile, was clamoring for the team to go after veterans, such as Gordon Hayward or Marcus Morris Sr. At times, according to sources, the confrontations grew heated, with Thibodeau mocking Aller by referring to him as hinky. Here's what's hinky. How could you not realize, if you're Leon Rose, how could you not realize that the vision was not going to match up? I have never met Tom Thibodeau in my life, but I have a pretty good idea. His vision for what the Knicks or whatever team he's coaching should have is pretty clear. He's not adapting to the circumstances, his vision is going to be win now. I want, to, I want to take blood from a stone if I have to. I want to win every single game. I don't care the cost really long term. It's about winning now. He is a win now coach. How if you're Leon Rose, you don't ha- you, I, I, I don't even know how you would hire someone else who does not match up with that vision, never mind, be on the opposite end of that spectrum. So what are the offshoots of that, right? Well, the offshoots of that clearly are the whole situation you had with Kemba Walker, right? Starter to start the season, ineffective, and then goes from starter not to bench player, but to non-player, not playing at all. And then when desperation came, well, let's try him back out there, and now back nothing, right? Gone. And you just kind of look at the different points of the season, like the Cam Reddish trade. Why would the Knicks make a trade for Cam Reddish and then not play him? Doesn't make any sense. So that's the most important thing they have to fix. They have to get everybody, they have to figure out what the long-term vision of the team is, the short-term vision, and how they're going to go from one to the other. Because that's the one that nobody is stopping them except themselves. You have to figure out get everybody on the same page because at times this year, it doesn't even seem like the Knicks are on the same book. <laughs> Never mind on the same page. One guy's reading War and Peace and one guy's reading the funny papers. Uh, it, it's, it's been that bad. It doesn't seem like anybody is really, to, to trade for Cam Reddish and then to play him as infrequently as they did doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So when you line up the things the Knicks have to do after the season is over, I'm sure a lot of people will say you got to get Randall out of here. Well, I mean, that kind of depends on things, right? What can you get for him? Who would be interested in him? There's more variables there. Getting a point guard. Okay, great. How? Are you going to get that through the draft? Are you going to bring a rookie in here now to kind of run the team? Okay. Fixing the overall vision of the team? Having a vision for the team? 
<laughs> that one would seem to be a little bit more on your own to be able to do. You, there's nobody stopping you from doing that. And Leon Rose, the all uh, and powerful Oz, kind of has to come out from behind the curtain and actually get that done. That's that's completely on him. One eight hundred nine one nine ESPN is the uh, telephone number. Let's go out to Jay is in Jersey. Jay, you're next up on ESPN New York. Hey, 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 Gordon, how you doing? Hey, Jay. Yeah, um, I just wanted to, you know, comment on this, the Deshaun Watson situation that you uh, were speaking on a little earlier. Sure. You know, I'm I'm a fan of yours, and I do believe if wrong is wrong, if he did sexually assault those women, he does belong in jail. But my thing is, you know, that I do have a bone to pick with you about is about I feel like we pick and choose who we want to, you know, castrate or, you know, talk down about in the media when it comes to subjects like this because Ben Roethlisberger has been in numerous situations and where he settled, no one has, you know, decapitated him the way they continue to do Deshaun Watson. And also, we we got to talk about Robert Kraft. This guy, he was caught on camera, even though it didn't go through on court. In court, no one speak about it. it got swept under the rug. I'm trying to figure out what's the difference between Robert Kraft's situation and Deshaun Watson's situation. Well, I, I would think it's it's the it's the number, and, and I'll tell you, Jay, uh, you say sweep under the rug. When the Robert Kraft situation happened, I mean, do you think that there was a lack of media attention on that? Well, yes, I do, because the fact that there was actual <laughs> video with him at the the parlor and. Not just that. Right. Well, look, you're, you're talking about a billionaire. Yes, absolutely. All of a sudden, that, that video went missing. I, I'm not telling you that things uh, in that situation were handled above board or I didn't have issues with them, and I brought those up at the time. But that's, that is a couple of years ago now. And I can tell you, Jay, just for myself, uh, we covered that story quite extensively. Uh, and ESPN covered that story quite extensively. There was a lot of media coverage on that. Okay, but what I'm saying is, what about you? When you guys are coming out saying there has to be some type of truth to the Deshaun Watson situation with all these people saying it, when you're caught on camera, the, the, the video Yeah, there's no question. Lie. Yeah, no, no, I mean, there's so, no question. You know what I'm saying? It's a, dif- yeah. it's a difference between someone. But let's not, I mean, but Jay, let's not play whataboutism. You know what I mean? Like, let's not say, well, yeah. you know, this this is this is uh, bad, but but what about this? And what about that? I mean, yeah, and and we brought up the, the Robert Kraft stuff at the time. I wasn't at the station, when, I don't think, when the Ben Roethlisberger stuff came up. But where I was, I was, I, obviously, that was a major story at the time as well. But even those cases, yeah. um, there was... There was a, a, a way that they were carried out, and you could have problems with them. This one's still going on, and yet this is not something that is being put on the side and not being dealt with. This is one where teams are actively pursuing a player with these kind of accusations around them. That's what's, okay, separate. That's what's I, interesting to me on this one. I, and and t- to be honest with Jay, I, you know, we talked about it in the opening segment. We talked about it the entire show. I've not really focused my 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 – my my, uh, my segments on Deshaun Watson as much as it is on the teams that are lining up trying to get this guy while this is going on. And I totally agree with you, but you got to keep in mind that they're, they're only looking in the best interest of their franchise. They're not thinking about, you know, p- actual people. You know what I'm no. saying? They're doing what's yeah, good for I agree. business. And, Jay, my you overall know, so- point was that the NFL is bottomless. So, um, yeah, it all, it all kind of goes in the same funnel for me. Yeah, 
you know, but you know, I, I, I just want to say this, and I'm going to let you go, Gordon. No, I, I just feel like we can't, you know, pick and choose what's right and hold people to different standards. Well, no, so I mean, I, yeah, we can. I, I, Jay, I, I agree. I disagree with that. I mean, there are there are um, there are ranges on things. It's not just. It's not. Um, it's not no tolerance of, uh, you know, it's not everything's either zero or 100. I think that there are degrees on things, and, and all these are yeah. kind of in the same area. Um, but, uh, you know, you base it on what the, what the facts are that you know them. All right, so, so, Gordon, let me ask you this. The man uh, hasn't been, he's been found not guilty as, as opposed to the court of law. No, he hasn't been found not guilty. He just wasn't indicted. He wasn't found not guilty. Okay. Okay, he wasn't indicted, right? Which is a good thing on his behalf. Yes, yes. Now they're still now with they're still dealing with the civil suits. Mm -hmm. Now, what this guy is actually innocent, right? Is every one of these new year or or, or these reporters going to give this guy in a public apology? The thing, what if they're destroying his character? Because you have even other callers calling up on here, calling him all type of names, different things. You, we're destroying someone's character, and we don't even know the full truth. Well, look, Jay, and I appreciate the phone call. Uh, we've tried to handle it. Uh, I've tried to handle it as fairly as I can. I'm just telling you, when you have this amount of people making these many accusations, and again, it's not just 22 accusations where like some of the accusations are coming from the same people. These are 22 separate people. It's very hard to take that and figure out a way where you can see the other side of it. It's, it, it and, and just take a look at what some of the accusations are. It's very hard to say, well, this was just a he said, she said. Uh, I'm not so sure about that. And, and, and just the other, it's not just the 22 people, it's the circumstances surrounding it. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying he's guilty. I don't know. Maybe there is a way. I'm open to, uh, I'm open to hearing what the, the Browns heard because the Browns saying they did this extensive investigation and they learn more about who Deshaun is as a person. But then when they were asked to kind of follow that up and give you examples of it, they were kind of, you know, the owners going out there and say, well, I gave my wife and my two daughters the, the opportunity to veto this trade. Well, if there was nothing you found and you found Deshaun, to be, why, why would it be necessary to give your daughters and your wife the opportunity to veto the trade if there's nothing there? Why didn't you just explain to them, no, 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 we did the investigation and if you have any reservations, this is what we found. And then tell us, too. It just doesn't seem like it lines up very well. To me. Just one guy. With a show. On a Saturday. Okay. It's a big idea. My show. All the shows. Sports talk radio. Life is built kind of on, on opinions, right? Example. I've had a couple today, right? I said the NFL is bottomless. Jet fans are full of it. The one thing that the Knicks have to fix before next season rolls around. We all have opinions. We agree. We disagree. Some are good. Some are bad. What I want to do on Saturdays, I think it would be fun. And I need your help on this because I can't be everywhere all at once. I want the worst opinions that you've heard in the course of the week. Primarily on our station. It could be a caller. It can be a host. It can be a tweet. It can be a segment. It can be whatever you want it to be. And I want your suggestions. And on Saturdays, we will carve out some time. Whoever we're working today, we have Brian and, and Jacob. They can kind of sit on the jury. I'll be the judge, obviously. 
and we will come up with what the worst, the world's worst take of the week has been on our station. And look, we all have opinions, so I'll be the first one to admit they're not all golden sometimes. Sometimes they go sideways. I remember earlier in the offseason when I said, what are Met fans talking about? There's no way they're going to get Max Scherzer. What are, they t- what are they thinking? Max Scherzer's not going to be a Met. And sure enough, I think it was 48 hours later, he was a Met. Sometimes these things happen. If you have a lot of opinions, sometimes these things are going to go wrong. So that's what I need. I need you, you, the voice of the people, either the K-Army, the Car- is it Carmi, the K-Army, whatever it is, the, the people who uh, are following the, 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 the DPH and Rothenberg show, the company, whoever, I need your suggestion. I can't be everywhere all at once. If It could be anybody on the station. It could be Barton Hahn. It can be uh, uh, Mike Greenberg. So Mike's doing the show that day. It can be Carlin. It can be me. It can be Larry Hardesty. We all have these opinions sometimes that go sideways. So all you have to do, you hear a terrible opinion, and you think to yourself, what the hell is this person talking about? Or it could be a segment. It could be something that went sideways on one of the shows. All you have to do, hit me up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. Find me on Instagram, at Gordon Damer, and say, hey, this is the day it happened. This is the person who said it. We will, our crack staff will go find the piece of audio. We will be able to go get it, and we will judge it. Who did have the worst take of the week? And we will do that on Saturdays. We'll see if we can, we can schedule that for next week, assuming we're on. All right? So it's the world's worst take of the week. And find me on Instagram. Find me on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. And let me know. You, you, you know, sometimes it seems like people who listen to Rick and Dave listen to the K show. But you could be one that just listens to one of the shows. You are you will be in charge of that show. And you let me know what did they what, what was it? It could be again, I bring this up all the time. We take calls all the time, right? They're not all golden. They're not all making coherent points. So it could be one of those suggestions. But Twitter, Instagram, at Gordon Damer. And we'll review them. If we have two or three, we'll we'll give them all a fair hearing in the public uh, the public court of opinion. Court of public opinion? Public court of opinion. Whatever. We'll do it on a Saturday. And uh, we'll, let, uh, we'll, we'll be the judge. You get to nominate. We be the judge. That sounds like fun, right? That sounds like a good idea. It seemed like a great idea when I came up with it earlier today. Uh, all right, so that will be for next Saturday. For this Saturday, maybe, maybe the early nomination. Give you a little one here. <clears throat> I guess it's that time of year where Girl Scout cookies are now out and about. My wife came home and was very excited. Kids, I got the Girl Scout cookies. Girl Scout cookies are overrated. Can we all just agree on that, please? Please, can we all agree that, and again, they're cookies. So, yeah, I'm not saying they're inedible. But you're telling me, you th- those thin mints that everybody raves about, those poker chips that taste like toothpaste? Come on, that's not a good cookie. You're telling me you would put a thin mint up against an Enemins? Don't even tell me you would put it up against an Enemins. You should get that sl- that thin mint slapped out of your mouth if you put if you dare say something bad about those Enemins. 
Famous Amos would drive to your house if you said those Thin Mints are better than one of those famous Amos. I give you two right in front of you, Thin Mint or a Milano. You're telling me you're going with a Thin Mint? Come on. I think that you could probably, and look, I love the Girl Scouts. My daughter's a Girl Scout. It's a great fundraiser. I'm sure that this, like, uh, you know, covers their, their entire operations budget with these cookies. So I love that aspect of it, the entrepreneurial spirit of the, uh, the Girl Scout cookies. The actual cookies themselves, they're, they're, a little, they're a little overrated. I think you could probably walk into a supermarket Put, I could take Brian McGee tomorrow, take him to a supermarket, put a blindfold on him, spin him around, and put him down the cookie aisle. And I would feel confident that Brian, what, wherever he wound up, whatever he grabbed, one of those Keebler Elves cookies, whatever they are. Oh, ooh. Those Tate's, the Tate's cookies. You ever have one of those? Delicious. What about yeah, the Costco pretty cookies? Good. What about the Costco? Oh, cookies? Co- don't even, don't even go to. Co- I mean, come on, yeah. that's not. That's like a fresh baked cookie. That's a. That's like a meal. That that doesn't even belong in this conversation. <laughs> it's so outrageous. Those giant cook. I mean, they're huge. Oh, they're huge. They're delicious. You say, I'm just gonna go get one, and then you go back, back up the stairs, go get another one. Ah, I've only had two. It only makes sense that you have three. Come on, those Costco. Don't even bring Costco into the equation. Those, those Costco cookies are so good. They, I mean, you could get lo- loose on Costco and, and just pick up anything, even stuff you've never even had before. Sample. Yep. Sample it up. No, no question. But I would trust Brian Munguia to be put in the cookie aisle, spun around, disorient him so that he wasn't even in his complete right mind, and I still would have more confidence in him over the Girl Scout cookies. That's how. I, I, they're just overrated. I don't, please. Prove me wrong. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. Ira's in Staten Island. Ira, what's going on, my man? Hey, what's happening, Gordon? How are you? What's going on? Good. So, yeah, great idea you brought up. And I tell you, you know, just just off the top of my head, I just think the overreaction of the Hill deal not working out for the Jets, Mm -hmm. I think people got a little bent out of shape and over the edge on that. I mean, they put a fair offer on the table. Oh, absolutely. You know, they were right there. It, it probably right was a better there. offer. That's right. So, you know, if the guy chose to go to Miami or they use the Jets as getting the price up, so be it. You know, you always have to have a plan B and a plan C. Maybe they go out. Maybe they trade for Metcalf. Maybe they draft a receiver in the first round. Who knows? But I just think people, I, I think they were, they were, I spoke to fans that they, they were jumping off a bridge that they didn't get held. Oh, I, I, I got to be honest with you, Ira. I did not hear any Jet fans uh, upset that they did not get Tyreek Hill. I, I Literally not a single one. The, the immediate reaction really? I heard from people that I talked to, either the shows or just in personal life, was I didn't want him anyway. It's too much money. He doesn't take us uh, over the top. Uh, all these type of things. Like it, 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 I, I think it's, it's outlandish. If you can have Tyreek Hill catching passes from your second-year quarterback, what better way to find out about your second-year quarterback? No, no, I agree. But, but I, I, it's different than what you heard. I mean, people that I've spoken to, Oh, you know, it's typical Jets. You have to, you have to, they not get the deal done. They should have sweetened the pot. This guy was never coming here. No. And, and at, the, at, at the end of the day, you, you know what history. I mean, I hope he got his act together. But the first time Wilson doesn't get him a ball, can't you see him pounding on the sideline? And, and, or, God forbid, he gets himself into trouble off the field. Um, yeah. The uh, look, the day, I mean, 
he um he has a, a bit of a troubled history. I'm not going to lie to you. And, and Ira, thanks for the phone call. Um, that would kind of concern me. And I, and I was the first one. Look, I'm ha- I'm happy that they made the deal. I had like just enough time doing what I was doing that day to kind of contemplate: Do I want them to make this deal, or do I not want to make this deal? Because when I heard it was all these draft picks, I was like, oh boy, they have two number ones next year. I, I think it's a it, it's the perfect kind of deal to make because it immediately helps you decipher whether or not you've got the quarterback long-term. That's what would have, would have made sense for the Jets and certainly makes sense for the Dolphins. Now it is on Tua. And i got to be honest, the other moves that the Dolphins have kind of made makes you realize they're not completely sold on Tua, right? Like they didn't include any of the first-round picks next year. They still got those two number ones next year. And they brought in Teddy Bridgewater for six or seven million dollars. That's not this is not like usually if a team is all full bore on their quarterback, they got a great franchise type quarterback. They're not going to really spend any significant money on the backup role. That's not what the Dolphins are doing. So that kind of tells me that they're on to for now, but they might not be on him for much longer. Like he's got to go out there and prove it this year. And again, the draft, yes, I'm not saying that the Jets are going to now fold because they didn't get Tyreek Hill. There's always a plan B, a plan C. I don't think that there's anything – there's a reason why they're plan B, C. They all come after plan A. Plan A would have been the best plan to go with. Getting Tyreek Hill for two twos and then signing him to a contract when your, your quarterback's not making any money, that would have been the optimal plan. Everything off of that now that could happen is all backup plans, including the draft. As great as you might think Elijah Moore is, Elijah Moore almost certainly is never going to be Tyreek Hill. Never mind the fact that there's a non-zero percent chance that the second round pick that you go and, and use one of those picks to get might turn out to be another Denzel Mims. There's not really much of a, of a bust factor with Tyreek Hill outside of the obvious things, right? Injury or he gets himself in trouble. In terms of the actual playing of football on the football field, that's not debatable. We know what he is there, and he's awesome. He's one of the best at that position right now. You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN.